physically kind of thought about this box on the table and I and I envisioned this box on the table and that box was my depression and I physically walked around the table and I looked at it from different angles and I tried to get a hold on it and understand it and that really helped me to kind of strategize around what was causing this. Welcome to Power to Speak the podcast. I'm Jackie Goddard and it's my mission to help people market themselves effectively and show up powerfully for their audience by using their voice and their story to share their message and ideas. Not only does the podcast allow me to talk to interesting, inspiring and successful individuals, but it gives me and you, dear listener, the opportunity to learn from the best. Whether business or thought leader, entrepreneur or author, What's been their journey and how have they used their voice and their story to create that success? My podcast guest this week is Daniel J. Moore, Creative Director at Iron Dragon Design, a freelance creative studio. Daniel's a graphic designer whose designs are eye-catching, often encapsulating the love and interest he has in all things mythical. It's a passion he brings to both his work and play. He is an avid action role player. Part artist, part psychologist, Daniel uses the 12 Jungian archetypes to help businesses define their brand story. It's a concept I find fascinating. Alongside that, we discuss how his mental health has been an issue in the past, and he shares the strategies he's used to help him put his depression in context. Enjoy. Welcome to Power to Speak, the podcast. And my guest today is Daniel J. Moore from Iron Dragon Designs. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you for having me. You, know, you're, you are more than welcome. So you are creative director and founder of uh, Iron Dragon Designs. Tell us a little bit about what that is and what you do there. Uh, so Iron Dragon Design is my little uh, corner of the freelance world. Uh, I'm a graphic designer and brand strategist. Uh, so not only do I do those pretty nice logo designs, uh, layout designs and print designs and everything that makes your business look nice, uh, but I also look at the strategy behind it and help you understand why you're in business and why people should care about that and how to connect better with them. Okay. So, so how do you, yeah, how, how do you get them? What is it that you do that helps them find out what their brand is all about? So one of the main things I really do with people is a lot of digging through with workshops. Uh, they are, tend to be individual and one-to-one -one workshops with business owners um, or small teams um, that work in the same business. And what we do is we delve into what it actually means to be that business, why they're in business beyond the you know point of making money, why um, they're in business, why people should connect with them. And we do this by looking at their values, um, their mission, their direction, their character, their voice, all these things that make up what the brand is and the feelings that they want to associate with the brand so that when they take it out to, to market, people can get those emotions, get those feelings that match with what the business owners want them to feel. Okay. Well, obviously, from from what I from the point of view of, of what I do, which is power to speak and working with people on their stories, to well, I think it's this very similar thing. You do it visually in two dimension, two yes. dimensions, and I do it maybe more three dimensionally. In that, yeah. obviously, I I delve deep into people's stories, find out what makes them tick. So, if a if a brand comes to you, how do you do that? How how do you find their voice? So. 
quite often people to come to me because they've they've lost it a bit or they have a point of confusion between themselves and maybe their audience or, or sometimes the team itself. And the main thing we need to do is we need to um, look back through the history and also understand where the business is going and where it's trying to get to. So there's a lot of sort of digging through uh, what's come before to find, as you say, that story, to understand that why, um, and then using that information that we've got from why everything started, taking that, placing it as a template onto where they are currently and where they're looking to go forwards from that. And using that information, we can then look at what's actually working, what's not working, what's strong, what's weak, and, um, and we can move forward to give them that voice that they need. Yeah. And so does that does that entail sort of finding out about their their stories or how they how they started? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really important to understand their stories, um, and it's really important for them to under, understand their story as well. Um, so quite often we do dive quite deeply into into the story of, of the company, which is which is often entwined with their why they got started. Quite a lot of companies I work with started because they saw uh, something that wasn't working in in an industry and felt that they could fill that gap and and make something that works better um so quite a lot of the time there's a lot of that involved in the why they got into into what they're doing um and yeah yeah using those stories is really important to understand the voice and the tone of the brand because those stories inherently have characters in them um and those characters have a voice that needs to need to get out quite often yeah, I mean, you are you're kind of talking my language, as I say. You know, com coming from a, an acting background, so you're mm. talking about character and and archetypes. So I noticed on your website you have this sort of uh, archetype character that you 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 encourage people brands yeah. to to grab hold of. What's that all about? I mean, is that creating a character that is separate to their brand? Um, it's it's interesting because it's not sort of uh, a character in kind of the way of a mascot. So, for example, Tony the Tiger or things of that sort of nature. Um, it's actually kind of an internal voice. Um, it's it's the it's it's more sort of the guiding principles of the of the business basically. And the whole idea is it's um, it follows the. Um, uh, it, follow, it follows the findings of a, of a psychiatrist called Carl Jung, uh, who oh, was yeah. a Swiss psychologist, I think he was. Um, and basically, he put down these 12 archetypes that are in most stories that we um, have as a, as a race um, created through the eons, basically. Um, and he's come up with these 12 archetypes and every brand has an archetype. It has a certain way of doing things. And the reason they're important is because people, especially when, when being marketed to in, in this day and age, they need uh, information as quickly as possible. Um, it needs to be fast, it needs to be readily available, and it needs to be digestible as well. It needs to be easy to understand. And these 12 archetypes are archetypes we as people inherently understand. Um, if I said rebel to you, for example, you'd understand pretty much you get an idea of what a rebel is you'd have an idea of how that kind of acts and therefore if you come across a rebel company you get feelings and emotions based upon that archetype very quickly so you can understand whether whether or whether not you want to interact with that brand or not yeah and there is a there's a quiz on your website so what, what happens in the quiz and, and will it take you directly to to find out what your what your archetype is Yes, so so the, the whole idea of the quiz it's it's a bit of fun. Um, it sort of takes five five to ten minutes 
for most people. Um, and the whole idea is to try and answer it as the brand uh, that you are um, so that you can figure out what the archetype of the brand should be. Um, now, obviously, there's a lot more depth to it than, than just that. Um, but it's a very good starting position to question the character and tone of voice, especially that your brand is putting out there. Yeah, I mean, that's I think that will be something I may well go and do. I'm quite looking forward to doing that. <laughs> Obviously, I, I will put that link in the mm. uh, in the show notes later. So there must be uh, some interesting stories that have come out from from people when they've <laughs> discovered their archetype. If they if they come out as a rebel and never really thought that they were <laughs> they were going to be a rebel. Yeah, there was there was one gentleman, especially an older gentleman, who came out as the seducer archetype, um, and he wasn't quite sure what to think about that to begin with. But then when I had a chat with him, he understood a bit more about what that meant and about um, the fact that seducers are all actually about creating a community around them. They're about bringing people in and showing them the best thing for that person. It's all about, um, uh, you know, it's it's less about temptation and more about giving people what it is they truly want finding their desire and giving it to them so it's yeah yeah there have been a few people who've gone really am i that um and then but then there have been a few people who've gone yeah that's a hundred percent me i'm very glad that came out like that so it's it's yeah. it's very interesting to see the see the answers and responses yes no i can imagine i can imagine so is this based on um joseph campbell did the hero's journey and did yes. you know the different characters that, that you meet along a hero's journey is is that mm. something that i mean i'm not sure whether carl jung came up with that first it's uh, it's it's not too dissimilar yeah it's it's got it's got some similar sort of sort of points to it certainly um and obviously with with story brands um they go on the hero's journey and that's that's you know what it's all about um so so it ties in quite closely to to that yes certainly yeah Brilliant. I love the hero's journey. I do love a hero's journey. And it's something that I, I like to do with, with, with my clients is to find mm. out what journeys they've been on. Because so often, you know, it's, it's the best way I find for people to really feel confident selling what it is that they sell, whether it's a product or whether it's a service, mm. is because they, they can find something in their story that is relatable to their audience absolutely and that's that's how we tend to buy into even even the largest brands is, is its relatability we like to see ourselves in in their shoes and understand how that kind of works um and it is fascinating seeing seeing brand stories um and when it comes to the idea especially when we're looking at more of the the you know the nitty-gritty kind of side of brand and looking like the the unique selling point and things of that sort of nature which i'm sure all business owners will will have known that term um understanding your story actually brings those out more than anything else because quite usually the unique selling point especially to small businesses is the person involved in actually running that business and and their unique story and their unique tale of how they got to this point and why they're doing what they're doing yeah absolutely i wrote an article a, a year or so ago that was basically you are your selling point you mm, are your absolutely. unique selling point so yeah, I, I yeah, totally agree with that there. So how how did you get to this point in your career? What was it that kind of, you know, took you on your hero's journey? <laughs> so we're doing my story now. <laughs> yeah, what's your story? Um, so I, oh God, it's, it's difficult to sort of pin down where it starts. Um, my mum was, my mum is an art teacher. Um, so that probably takes quite a lot of impetus into why I'm a creative. Um, a levels i did all the creative stuff so i did graphic design i did um art i did it all those things heavily involved in the idea of going into this line of work then at university i chose to do computer games design 
um, which was a Bachelor of Science degree, which was a bit odd because we went quite heavily into the psychology of game players and why games players do what they do when um, when set certain tasks or when seeing certain um, visual or, or audio in, input. Um, and that was fascinating, just understanding and experimenting and, and finding out what people would do in certain situations. Um, when I left university, it was during the early 2000s financial crisis. Um, and unfortunately, the guys that I'd worked with on my placement year were nowhere to be found. So I found it very difficult to get a job in the industry. So what I did was I retrained from the 3D design I've been doing, um, lost the dimension, um, and went down into sort of 2D design and illustration and graphic design, uh, retraining myself through that. Um, then after a stint of a couple of years um, working various jobs as I tried to find my way into the industry, um, I think I had about 40 interviews across two years in graphic design, um, but couldn't find a job, kept coming second place, decided that meant I was probably good enough to do it on my own if I was continually getting interviews um, and just started my own business. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, that's the way to go. I thought you were going to say I, I knew I'd start a business when nobody would give me a job. <laughs> well, but, actually, yeah. <laughs> but, but no, I mean, absolutely what you're saying is the, the fact that if you, you know, on paper, people are saying to you, come in, we need to see you, we need to mm. see you, is that, that you have something there that uh, that people that people want. I mean, I've got your logo I love, which is I've got here. Let me show you. There we go. For those of you watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see this lovely logo. Um, where's Where did the concept, what is the concept behind that? I, I remember having the idea in a bar and just that all I had on me was an Asda receipt and a pen and just drawing it on the back of an Asda receipt. Um, but the concept is based on, um, so, so the whole, it's probably, probably to sort of speak of the whole concept of Iron Dragon. It's actually based on a, a, uh, a tale from, from um, I think it's either China or Japan. And it's basically um, about some, a school of koi fish swimming up a, pot, up a stream. Um, and they reach a waterfall and they start trying to climb this waterfall. And in the, in the forest, there are demons and they're jeering at them and throwing rocks at them and trying to get them to turn back. And over 100 years all of them turn back except one of them who reaches the top of the waterfall and the gods see this and they're so impressed with this act of tenacity that they, um, as a reward, they turn it into a dragon, which in Eastern mythology is um, is more a sign of strength and wisdom. Um, it, it's, a very, it's a very sort of wise creature in, in the Eastern mythos. Um, and that's kind of where I got the idea from, was this very strong, very sharp... Um, pointed kind of figure that had a had a had a direction and had something it was trying to achieve and wouldn't give up until it had done it wow i mean there's there is a theme that runs through everything that you do i've i've seen daniel that there is this kind of real mythology and legend mm. and characters and stories that I think connect with, I mean, you were saying that obviously it's unusual for somebody from an artistic background to go into a science that com mm. computer science was, but actually you talking about the psychology that came from that, again, kind of ties in with this whole thing of stories mm. and brand and talking to people and finding out what their stories are and de delving deeper. How did, where did that interest come from? Because I know uh, that you do role plays. Tell us a little bit about that and how that started and how it all kind of ties together. So, um, so, so firstly, thank you for seeing all of that. That's, that is carefully cultivated. 
um, because my my archetype is the explorer, um, and the explorer is all about the wilds and gaining understanding, and it's kind of uh, under, gaining spirituality, um, small less spirituality. Um, so gaining something from exploration, from going out and going, why is this a thing? I want to go and find out and pushing boundaries. Um, and it, it comes a lot from from my childhood. I've always been I've always had a really active imagination, overactive. If you asked any of my teachers from, you know, um, from from reception all the way up to sixth form, all of my teachers were just like, could you just focus? Uh, and the answer was no, I couldn't just focus because I was always wondering what was what was over there? What's over that hill? What's what's going on over there? Um, and that's why I got into video games, because video games quite often allowed me to take those parts of me and really explore places. I love I always loved exploration games, being left in a big wide world and being able to explore just like how I love, you know, my holidays tend to be to places like Japan where I can explore, you know, the wilds of Japan, um, you know, Tasmania, places of that sort of that sort of ilk. Um, so for me, that idea of exploration has always been at the heart of who I am as a person. And that's why I wanted to get it across in the brand, because that's what I'm about when I come to dealing with other people is helping them to explore those deep, dark places that they didn't really understand. And in, in saying, you know, bringing the legends into it, the whole idea of mythos and the whole idea of, of you know, there being something, you know, over that hill, there might be something magical that we don't understand and we don't yet know about bringing that kind of slight bit of magic into the everyday to me is really important because it helps make everything just just that little bit more little, little, uh, uh, little bit brighter and a little bit more interesting. Um, so as you quite rightly say, one of my hobbies is I'm a live action role player, uh, which for those of you who don't know, um, is um, it means I basically do kind of role play. So take a character and be that character for a weekend. Here we go. Um, and as you see, we get dressed up in armor, we have weapons. Um, and so we we get to sort of role play as, as these sort of heroes for, for a weekend. Um, and that again, sort of plays off to the, A, the kind of, you know, um, the actor in me, the, um, the, the amateur kind of dramatic sort of thing of it is really exciting and it's, and it's very fluid uh, because it's not scripted. Um, but it also gives me that opportunity just to explore parts of myself a bit more and, you know, be a character and pretend to be something else for a little bit. And it's, it's, it's yeah, thoroughly interesting to do. Um, and it's very cathartic, you know, hitting your friends around the head with a sword for a weekend <laughs> quite a... Can be quite a good way to get some some feelings out. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, I can imagine that. Yeah, I might have to. Yeah, I have some friends. So, is it historical stuff that you do, or is it fantasy? No, the stuff I do is is fantasy. So it's Tolkien esque, based on that kind of you know elves and orcs and that kind of thing. Um, so it's you know swords and sorcery, magic, that kind of thing is 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 where mine's based. Um, I know there's a lot of reenactors who are the historical ones, and they get a bit funny when they get um, confused for us. Um, so, so we've got to be very careful not to tread on their toes. <laughs> yes, yes, they are quite serious. Oh, very serious, do. absolutely. Yeah. So, you, I mean, the whole um, look of your website, everything that you put out there on social media, it has that feel, that kind of fantasy feel, that that kind of uh, legend myths, and uh, that we've we've already discussed. Do do you feel like you? Do, so, do you attract? 
people to your brand be, that are interested in in similar sort of things and if if you are just obviously trying to attract everybody or certainly you know just get that sort of traction customers to you do you does it stand in your way i'm just wondering whether when you are talking to other people about their brands whether mm. you know i mean your brand is fantastic it looks gorgeous i have to say yeah. but when you're talking to other people about theirs would you put them off being too specific in their branding? It, it often depends on what they're trying to achieve. And I think that's the most important thing. Uh, for me, as a creative, the most important thing to me is that I can I can gel with people, that I can talk to them openly, and that I can have, have a, a bit of a rapport bit of being with them, um, especially working with brand and strategy, because sometimes I have to ask some really difficult questions to people um that, that get quite personal in some ways so that i can get to the the meat of the matter and understand what it is they're trying to actually show beyond you know um uh what what they've got on the surface there's got to be something there's often something deeper there that we're trying to kind of achieve and connect with so to do that i need to be trusted to a certain degree and often the best way of doing that is is kind of pre-legitimizing my clients so some people will not work well with me and that is absolutely fine because equally I wouldn't work well with them, and all it's going to be going to achieve is is uh, negative feelings and 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 a difficult working relationship. So I'd much prefer they went to someone who they can get on with and can do what they what needs to be done for them, uh, rather than come to me and you know waste both our time. Um, that's where the character comes in quite a lot. And similarly, with a lot of the brands I work with, we look at the idea of going, actually, what you want to do is stand for something. I use this terminology, um, brand your ground. Um, so it's like sticking your flag in the ground and going, this is where I'm standing, having that flag there and then attracting the people who want to um, act, uh, interact with you and who have similar values and, and, and that kind of thing, almost bringing your tribe in. Um, because it means you're spending the time then working with the people you want to work with. And so generally speaking, you know, from an artist position and, and possibly from other positions, you you get your best work out that way. If you're if you're interacting and dealing with people you want to be dealing with, you're always going to be showing your best face. And that's kind of what I try and help people with is go. It doesn't matter if this sector doesn't want anything to do with you. That's fine, because this other section of uh, of, of people really want to involve and get engaged with you. And so by honing in on who those people are, you can generally corner a market much better. Yeah, no, I think that I think that makes perfect sense. I think that is. Um... That's finding your voice, isn't it? Mm, and absolutely. that's, you know, you have to be authentic in the way that you put yourself out on the market mm. to attract those people that you want to work with. And that will be a good fit for you. Yeah, 100%. We're not ending here, just taking a quick break to remind you that you are listening to Power to Speak, the podcast with my guest, Daniel J. Moore. And there will be more from Daniel and his story after we hear from our friend, fellow podcaster and teller of tantalising tales from the Storytelling with Puck podcast, Stefano Capicchione. The story I'll, I'll read for you. The once with three little girls. This is a dream that I think really shows how we view transformation. Dreams, emotions, empathy, connection, stories. Storytelling with Puck. Find your next tantalizing tale on your favorite podcast platform or at puckcreations.com forward slash storytelling with Puck podcast.
let's talk let's go back slightly because I, I was quite interested in the um in the whole kind of Japanese thing because you yes you, you're <laughs> learning Japanese so so how did how did that come about and how are you going to use that um it's one of those kind of things that I've always been interested in the, the weird thing is I've always been awful at languages um I've just had just just um I funnily enough my the school I went to was a language college um and by year nine I think we're doing four different languages um French Spanish German and Latin for no reason I just used to fail miserably at all of them um but Japanese always interested me it's an interesting language the shapes and forms of it almost tell a story similar to any other sort of pictographic language like Chinese as well um and I've just always had a, a, a real fascination with uh, with some of the sort of myths and legends that come out of, out of Japan. Um, the culture itself is really interesting because there's such a strange juxtaposition. Um, I have been over there before as well. Um, I've had a holiday on uh, out in Japan, um, travelled sort of up and down the south coast a bit. Um, and it's 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 one of those places that's just fascinating. And they've also got such an interesting um, design ethos as well. Um, there's a certain simplicity to quite a lot of, of, of that design, which I really like. Um, it's all based on sort of like you know Buddhist and 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 that kind of designs. And the and and the whole ethos is based on exploration and, and looking around and and understanding the the natural beauty of the world. Um, so so to me that all of that really talks to everything i've been speaking about about exploration about sort of how i uh, approach things uh, so there's a real kind of japanese element in quite a lot of the design that i do as well no i mean it's i can i can see that so again it's it's adding to your story isn't it it's adding to your mm. brand it's adding to to your the the authentic side of you that obviously that will then come through in the design that you do for Absolutely. for other people i assume yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, and again, this is this is why standing out and, and showing what you stand for early is really good, because there's a lot of people that, that and a lot of businesses that that wouldn't work with, that my particular style and approach wouldn't work with. Um, so having that on show immediately helps those people know that they've got to look somewhere else for what they need. And, and where does ownership of your brand come in then? Is that is that on a, on a similar vein is when you sort of take ownership of your brand? Yeah, so so um, one of the most important things really is is that people understand what the br what the brand actually is, um, because this 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 is often a point of confusion. So it's not the logo; the logo isn't the brand, um, and it's not even all the visuals and the voice itself. The brand is actually what is in the hearts and minds of the audience. That is your brand. What they think and feel when they see um, when they see you in the market marketplace, basically. Um, so. The important thing there of taking ownership of that is while you don't have direct control over the brand, because as I said, it's in the thoughts and, and, and hearts of others, you can manipulate that by, by understanding what it is that your, your customers think and feel and by understanding what you want them to think and feel, you can utilise brand identity, so colours, shapes, uh, psychology and all of that kind of thing and the voice and tone to subtly influence that and help people get to the, the thoughts and feelings you want to associate with your brand. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, I mean, obviously what you do is is very creative. I mean, everything that you do is very creative. Do you have a definition of creativity? What What is creativity to you? I know that's that's a hard, <laughs> throw that <laughs> yeah, one no, at you like that. That's, that's <laughs> the big that is. Um, I, I think creativity is... Is, is it's more of rather than being like a state of mind or a physical thing it's, it's more um more an allowance to yourself it's allowing yourself to 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 do things for the sake of doing things 
to um to to look at things in a different way to to maybe you know see the world through slightly different eyes that's why i've always thought creativity was 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 you know taking what's going on in in your world or around you and adding something to it or changing it some way to 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 better fit sort of what you think is is, is out there basically and that sounds like such a weird sort of kind of response to that <laughs> well, I did throw it at you. I do. I yeah, did very yeah, well was, there. Well done. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think everyone has has creativity in them, and yeah. I think creativity can be used no matter what industry you're in. Um, you know, I've, I've I've seen accountants who are very creative, who are very good at finding solutions to problems. Because even even the idea of of finding out out of the box solutions that's creative. That's creative yeah. thinking, and it's all about. I, I I think creativity is all about understanding the world as it is and making a change based on what you want to see yeah no i think you're absolutely right when i've when i've spoken to people about creativity before i've had somebody said it's just doing i mean it's literally just mm. physically <laughs> doing something it's everything anything you do for far, for for just the pure pleasure of of yeah. doing it i suppose absolutely. like playing you know a big thing yeah absolutely creativity around what i do play. yeah it's 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 that kind of um it, it helps get idea. it helps sort your head out almost in a way yes. it, help, it helps you to 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 i'm not justify your existence but but organize your existence sometimes um that's yeah. why you know doodling is such a good thing um do, doodling is amazing um when i when i was you know working through whatever job i could and i was working in a call center i had you know pads that i'd write down sums on to, to figure out you know the best insurances for people and surrounding these sums there were just doodles all over the page that i just scribble pictures while i was talking to people to to allow myself to work through problems um yeah. and that's that's yeah that again is, is, is what i sort of see creativity as is, is that um working through of, of, of problems yeah, no, there's definitely that is so creative. I, I mean, I love solving problems, and it's part of, of how I feel I I create because obviously that's mm. that's the way you brainstorm, you innovate. That's that's yeah, how it how it happens. Absolutely. So, how have you coped in lockdown? Uh, were you able to continue working, be creative? Did you do anything that that helped you with your creativity and your well being? um so so as as the as, as the brand might suggest like uh funny enough i was working quite a lot in the travel industry so you can probably imagine how that went um during during the first part of covid <laughs> but i've expanded somewhat since there um but yes i've i've done loads of creative stuff during during lockdown um it's it's been one of those sort of times where i've i've you know I've not been told off for not going outside a bit more. Um, so there's been a lot of painting, a lot of a lot of sketching and drawing, um, a bit of writing, you know, here and here and there as well. Um, so there's there's been, there's been a lot of creativity during that that period. So I, I feel I used that quite well to you know um, to deal with with being locked down and deal with what's going on. Um, but I appreciate that that's not something that everyone's able to do. So I appreciate how how difficult it could have been for some people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you were quite open on LinkedIn about your own mental health and mm. uh, issues that you've had in the past. How yes. did you? How did you sort of not overcome it, but how have you learnt to deal and and support your own mental health? It's I've, I've, I really count myself as very lucky um, because even though I you know mid twenties uh, I wasn't achieving what I wanted to be achieving, and I, I think it's, it's a very common thing, especially in, in young men, um, and. 
I I had sort of I had depression and anxiety, um, and I, I had it pretty bad for a while. Um, it was it was kind of the thing where you know if I if I got out of bed one day, I'd be like, great, I've managed to get out of bed. That's that's an achievement. Um, but the creativity um, and and again, this is this is why I count myself as quite lucky, is because I've got one of those minds that has the ability to think both creatively and analytically, um, which is which is quite uncommon um so i was lucky in that kind of respect that i went okay what are the triggers what are what's causing me these problems and what can i do to alleviate them and one of the things i figured out was was allowing myself to be to be myself and to enjoy those things that i enjoy and giving myself the time and um and 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 the effort to 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 work on myself um even if that was simply just going today i just feel like drawing pictures in a book that's what i'm going to do today um and giving myself and allowing myself that time to to be creative for the sake of it really saved saved me a bit really there um but also from the analytical side it allowed me to look at my problems as a separate entity to myself to look at my mental health um and say although this is a part of me it is a separate part of me that i can take apart and understand and understand how to how to work through uh, i remember one day i actually took everything off my kitchen uh, off my um, dining room table took all the stuff off of it and moved the table into the center of the dining room and physically kind of thought about this box on the table and i and i envisioned this box on the table and that box was my depression and I physically walked around the table and I looked at it from different angles and I tried to get a hold on it and understand it. And that really helped me to kind of strategize around what was causing this. And it's kind of this weird exercise of, of physically looking at it sort of cleared my mind quite a lot and gave me the opportunity to straighten some things out. And again, you know, sketching and doodling helped because it was something I could do with my hands and let my mind kind of kind of work on its own. Um, so really, that, that kind of thing was, was very helpful to me. Yeah, I mean that, that's really interesting. So, did did somebody tell you that that was a a, a strategy to to use to to, <laughs> no, to no, visualize no. your your depression as something um, separate? That that came from a, in, as, as you can see, all the maps behind behind me. Um, uh, some, some of the games I play, I, I, I really enjoy strategy games, and I really enjoy thinking out problems in a creative, you know, creative kind of way. Um, and and it just it just kind of came from that. Um, at the time, I played uh, and I still do play sort of quite a lot of like tabletop role playing games and, and board games and things of that sort of nature. And so I kind of just went, well, hang on, why didn't I see this as a problem in one of my tabletop games? How do I solve a problem in my tabletop games? Is I envision it on the table? Okay, let's do that. And I just yeah put this imaginary box on the table and just started walking around it. Wow, that's I mean, that, that's amazing. So, would you? What advice would you give somebody then that that's because it, running your own business is quite isolating. I find sometimes <laughs> you're kind of you know here I am in my living room <laughs> just yeah. working away. Um, have you got any advice for for anybody that's sort of in a similar situation or is getting feelings that that uh, that the, their mental health might be suffering? I think the most important thing is to is to not be afraid to ask for help. Um, I think that we often um we get into a situation where we feel that especially with things like depression and anxiety that asking for help is going to be a bother on people um but it's not um quite often people won't because we're so wrapped up in our own lives we won't notice when other people are going through something um as I said, I was very lucky in that I had the tools to deal with my own mental health and it's not like you know I 
got over it and it's gone it's still there it's still a part of me but it's something that i know the triggers for and i know i can i can deal with in a certain way um but i know that the, the most important thing to to especially young people um is to, is to just just be unafraid to ask for a bit of help um and it's, it's great for business owners as well i've got i've got a couple of people that i go to when i go i'm having a i'm having a bad day here can you can we have a little chat or do you want to go for a coffee or something like that and building that network um is so important um because you know you don't just get work through it you also get sanity through it um yeah. and a support network and having that available is, is super helpful definitely yeah absolutely i mean i found that in lockdown uh, I, I was working in venues and running workshops running classes in you know face to face doing improvisation it's, i never thought i could do improvisation online you can yeah. um and and so when lockdown happened i was suddenly at home I was here with my daughter, but I was sort of vaguely alone working on my own. And actually those networks that I joined were quite a lifeline, mm. actually, you know, to actually have a, a room full of people on a screen to, to communicate with and to support, yeah, you know, to absolutely. give me that support. And obviously we met in a, in a networking yes, Zoom yeah. room. Yeah. So how, how did that help you through lockdown um, in terms of just your well-being? It just, it just meant that I knew I wasn't alone. Like, like there was, so, so I remember the first lockdown, there was this whole adage going around uh, of, oh, we're all in this boat together, which I, I thought was was nonsense. You know, we're all in the same storm together, we're, but we're all clinging on to different things. Some of us are in yachts and some of us are on, you know, <laughs> just, just about on, on a bit of wood floating in yeah. the ocean. Um, but it kind of had that levelling experience of I could talk to anyone and, a lot of people were going through similar things um, and again working on my own for a few years prior to the lockdowns and everything gave me that kind of resilience that I needed that when the lockdown happened I wasn't immediately you know I, know, I knew a lot of people who were crushed by it who, who really didn't know what to do with themselves through it um, but having that ability to talk to talk to each other and, and you know be able to be able to vocalize it is so important and and I, and I found that a lot of the people who started to get really low were the ones who didn't know how to, how to, how to, you know, um, how how to talk to other people about it and how to uh, how to how to leverage their network. Um, and 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 whenever some someone said, "How are you doing?" went, "Yeah, I'm great." When really they weren't doing great. Um, and it was always the ones who went, you know, not so well actually. Who got over things faster because then someone else to go oh what's going on and yeah. just having that is is so important so actually I found myself in a position where I was actually you know watching quite a lot for people I was talking to and, and just making sure they were okay really <laughs> yeah absolutely I, I can remember watching uh, very early on in lockdown Brené Brown's name kept coming up and I don't know if you know Brené Brown as, as being a TED talker who who is a a research scientist I think uh, originally and she did a, a talk about vulnerability and mm. I watched that and it just made me realize that actually you know it's okay to 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 ask yeah. for help it's okay to come across as vulnerable to show your vulnerability because you know we all we all need that it doesn't it's not a weakness it's something that's no. actually a strength to be able to absolutely. ask for help yeah 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 absolutely I believe that um we we as people have a huge and varied set of skills and abilities and this idea that one person can be all things to all people which again goes into brand as well is is utter nonsense um and 
being being able to know where your own um the 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 extent of your abilities ends and where you need assistance is a really powerful helpful tool it's really it's a really good strength i think um that can help prevent you from you know going into burnout and um and and you know pushing yourself further into a spiral um so yeah i absolutely believe in the power of asking people for help yeah yeah i've i've sort of come across uh, a couple of times just in the last week this this thing of you don't have to be the cleverest person in the room yeah. you know nobody knows everything it's you mm. know you can you are going to go to your grave not knowing something you know so yes. don't feel the need to walk into a room or be you know be the person that knows everything because you never can be so you know, give yourself a give yourself a break basically yeah, yes this, this, this is my favorite one at the moment give, give yourself a break for goodness yeah. sake absolutely <laughs> so where's where's your brand going from from here what's what's coming up for you um further into the wilds i think um it's i'm I, funnily enough i'm just doing a bit of um something i do every two years is i is i take everything that i've done in the the previous two years and everything before that see where the journey's come so far and then make sure that the alignment is all correct um because obviously the interesting thing about stepping out um as a metaphor into into the world is if you're one degree off track it may not seem like much but after two years it may have brought you into a completely different uh, position that you weren't expecting to be in um so at the moment i'm doing a bit of uh, as i do every sort of other january a bit of interior soul searching making sure that my brand is where i want it to be and where i make sure that the tra trajectory is all correct to make sure i'm going the right way um and then from there i'm doing a lot more work with workshops with people this year to help them get to a similar similar place um get them onto uh, you know onto the onto the right track on their brand and helping them you know push forward to reach the people that they want to reach yeah no i love that idea of you know if you're if you're one degree out by the time you get six mm. months down the line that one degree has has uh, has uh, yeah increased it's, oh, it's that's, especially that's... important if if people are going through uh, exponential growth it's so important then because if the growth is really quick if you're one degree out and you're moving faster you're going to be even further out than you, you ever thought you could be so so yeah. especially for people going through through big growth it's worth looking inwards first to make sure everything is going in the right direction yeah, perfect, perfect. So, tell us a bit about the—is uh, it the brand adventurer? Yes, the brand adventurer workshop. Um, so, this is my kind of one-to-one -one or one-to-many workshop, um, but it's all uh, based on whoever buys it. Basically, <laughs> it's it's based on their business. So, um, if you if you go on the workshop, you're not going to be in a room with loads of other businesses that I'm just talking at. The, it's an intense course that's based around the singular business and we, and we go into a deep dive in it and the whole point of it is to try and realign everything and to understand where everything kind of is currently and to make sure everything is going right on the way forward so we look at brand values we look at brand um uh, brand mission we look at the again where the brand is going where you want it to go in the next 10 5 to 10 years um, we look at the positioning of the brand, where it is currently, who's interacting with it, who you want to interact with it, brand character, brand voice, brand personality, all of these things so that we can understand what it means to be that brand and how we want it to act going forwards. Yeah, wow. That's that's so you're sort of covering quite a lot of ground there, aren't you, really? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it really is. Um, it's 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 usually sort of a three hour session or split down into two hour and a half sessions because it can get quite intense in places. Yes. Yeah. So how can people find out? Where can they find out about that? Um, it's all advertised on my website. Let me show you the website. Um, 
There we yep. go. Um, or alternatively, uh, if you find me on LinkedIn and contact me about it, I am running a, a special deal at the moment. It's uh, £199 uh, for anyone who books, books in by the 12th of February. Um, they don't have to do it before the 12th of February, but they have to book it before the 12th of February. Um, and uh, other, otherwise, if you uh, catch me on LinkedIn or, or, or are interested but not sure about it, um, I also do a free consultation, a uh, 30 minute consultation, if you want to have a chat about it and see if it is right for you and what you're trying to achieve. Brilliant, brilliant. Just recap a little bit on on the the uh, offer at the moment because you went silent for a, for a second. And I'm not sure if that was me or you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, do, I'll so, do it again then. Um, yeah. So the offer is the brand adventure course um, until the 12th of February is 199 pounds down from 300 pounds. Um, you only have to book it before then. You don't have to do it before then. So if you think you're going to do, especially if you think you can do a rebrand later in the year, it's worth getting onto that now um booking it in for later in the year when you need it but if you book before the 12th of february you get 101 pounds off of it brilliant sounds sounds like a good deal fabulous um and obviously i've put on the screen there your website but i yes. will for, for those of those of you that are listening i will put all the all of these links in the show notes so it's yeah, been fantastic <laughs> it's been fantastic talking to you daniel I've, i'm just so interested in the whole kind of concept of your own brand uh, I, mm. I find that really the psychology behind branding is something that I'm uh, beginning to beginning to understand slightly now that I've come into this this world of content marketing mm. so is there anywhere anywhere else people can find you anything else that you want to uh, give a shout out today before we finish yeah uh, follow me on social media um, I do a lot of this kind of thing on social so at the moment I'm going through a 12-month kind of social uh, calendar where I deep dive each of the archetypes once um, one every month um, and that's been that's been quite interesting got a lot of engagement so if you want to have, follow me on social media that's a great place to see um, and discover a bit more about how this can help you fantastic brilliant oh, well that's great and it's been so lovely to talk to you so I will let you go go off and enjoy the rest of your day mm. and uh, and Daniel Moore of Iron Dragon Design thank you very much for being here thank you very much for having me Many thanks to Daniel for joining me to share some of his story and for being so candid about his mental health. What were the takeaways from our conversation for you? Does your brand have a story, an archetype perhaps? Do you feel that a brand needs a character to help define it? How have you coped through lockdown? How have you managed your well-being with creativity, nature, by playing maybe? I'd love to know. Connect with me on LinkedIn or contact me through the website powertospeak.co.uk and let me know. And remember, check out some tantalising tales and magical moments from Storytelling with Puck. Find them where you find your favourite podcasts or head over to puckcreations.com forward slash storytelling with Puck podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, then please leave a five-star review on whichever platform you're on. And if you'd like to receive information about future guests or would like to know more about Power to Speak coaching, then sign up for our fortnightly newsletter at powertospeak.co.uk. Bye for now.